Welcome again to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. <laughs> you can do better. Come on, you can do better. I've heard you do better. <clears throat> Welcome to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. I will pour. Why? Because you're freaking the plague. You got leprosy. Just in time for Halloween. You got leprosy. I've got the zombie. (laughs) Surprise! Halloween episode version two, though. This one's. This one's. Oh no! (laughs) That was mine, though. Switching it up, though. Switcheroo. Ah, all right. And now you can't ever touch this again because it has plague. Yep. No cheers for the plague, man. I'm going to cheers myself. Here you go. Ha! Got you. Oh. It's been too long. It has been. This is not good. This is brought to you by DG Home Disinfectant Wipes. (laughs) Because somebody has the plague. And by plague... We mean, uh, oh, it's a cocksucky, I mean, cocksacky <laughs> virus. Yeah. So he's all kind of nastiness right now. So I'm risking life and limb to do this podcast, folks. So you're welcome. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now he's checking his phone. No, actually, it vibrated in my pocket and it was my mommy. So I swiped it, got rid of it. I don't even need to hear it. She doesn't even listen to the podcast. So totally. Used to. She listened to one. Ah. She listened to podcast num- numero uno. And then she uh, she constantly tells me, I go, Mom, why aren't you listening to the podcast? And she goes, I just it's just so hard for me to sit down and listen to an hour-long podcast. And I'm like, but you don't have to sit down and listen to a podcast. That's the whole beauty of a podcast. Yes. You have a half an hour drive to work. Throw it on in the car. You'll have a whole episode digested in one day digested well with us it's thick and meaty so it does actually take a little bit of time you got to chew it up chew it like cud let it salivate a little in your mouth get the digestive tract active the mental you know intellectual digestive tract going the problem is is that most people have a real volatile reaction with us and their intellectual digestive tract goes into like ibs yeah (laughs) so they just start shitting out terrible information (laughs) Yeah, so we aren't really prepared for Halloween episode V2, I would say, because we kind of covered everything about Halloween and Halloween episode V1. Yeah, I think it's probably a bad idea to have two episodes for Halloween. So this is probably going to turn into, just like our most of our podcasts, a rambling podcast, but that's okay. That's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, in the spirit of Halloween, my blisters, though... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're going to just give, that's your gift you're handing out for Halloween. I am. For Halloween, anybody who comes trick-or-treating to my house gets blisters, like, from Satan himself. Yes. All over their mouths, and on their hands, and inside their feet. Is it in your mouth? It's in my mouth. Why am I I have the world's most sore throat. I shouldn't be here. What am I doing here? Oh, it gets worse. It gets so much worse. I'm sure. And I, I was going to wait until you were sitting here captive oh, before I started to tell you some of the uh, the actual 
symptoms and side effects of this thing mm-hmm. that can happen. Sure, let's go. Halloween episode. Oh, this is going to be really gory. (laughs) You've seen Saw, right? Yeah. This is basically that. Good. So, an unusual but possible thing that happens with this virus is, um, well, first of all, obviously, you get blisters. Yep. And those can turn into straight up, like, lesions on your skin. And then the skin actually peels off in chunks. Right, and that's not even all. So those lesions start to form, and one of the best, one of the 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 most common places they form is underneath your nails, toe, and finger, and then they fall off. I really shouldn't be here, folks. And then they grow, they grow back, no problem, but they fall off. That's gross. Fingernails and toenails. You you've just legit them got off. leprosy. You know the movie, uh, dude. Have you looked, Did you look up any pictures of of what of what this thing does to no. adults? No. Oh, it's it's gnarly. Kids lose fingernails and toenails too. You're like that guy from Kingdom of Heaven that they have to wrap up in the gauze whose face is just falling <laughs> apart. That's going to be you next week. People are going to go, "That's a great Halloween costume, Bryson," and you're going to be like, "Yeah, thanks." That's that, but that's my face though. It's falling apart. Half my cheeks gone. <laughs> you can see my throat through my face. It's <laughs> my tongue's waggling around in there. My tongue barely moves right now. I don't know if you can notice. I have a little bit of a lisp. It's because my tongue is like twice its normal size. That's great. That's great. I'm really glad I decided to come here tonight. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you any of that until I had you here. Great. You'll be fine. I've been telling you for like a week and a half to just sack up. No, no, no. You've been telling me for a day. I didn't know that you had this at all I until told you. today. No, I told you that no, it was either. No, I said, no. I'm sick and it's either uh, hand, foot, mouth or strep. And then my strep, they didn't call me to tell me it was positive, which they said they would. So I don't have strep and I have blisters all over my hands so and my feet. Which, by the way, they make it almost impossible to walk. It hurts so much. You already had a problem walking, and now you add blisters to the mix. Oh my gosh. I'm just a mess. I'm an actual hot mess. Well, minus the hot. I'm like a big, ugly mess. A bat, big steaming turd of a mess. <laughs> like a big old cow pie sitting in the middle of a pasture. Not so moving. You, so do we take the lights down for the next episode, or do we leave them up? I feel like this is not something we discussed during the Halloween episode. <laughs> I feel like we should discuss. So this is going to come out the day before Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween. Yeah. So. Uh, it's my wife's favorite holiday, that. Nice. She loves Halloween. I'm going to have she, some stuff at my house this year. She has uh, Hocus Focus. I don't know what that is. It's like a movie with. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, Hocus Focus. That's what I said. Nope. Hocus Focus. No, you're saying hocus focus. Hocus focus. I should really just leave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm actually gonna hand out stuff to like the two people that come to my apartment. So hmm, I'll make sure that Trina stops by and gives you a little hand foot mouth. Yeah. She doesn't have it, by the way. Only I got it. Yeah. Everyone in my family's been exposed to my son who had hand foot mouth. And the only person who got it was me. It's scary to think about stuff like that. And imagine, like, go back a hundred years ago. 
with this and how much worse it probably was. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I can only imagine because there was no, like, missing a day of work. Yeah. Or, like, just kind of, like, dealing with it. I'm sure, like, just that in general. And then people would probably see it and be like, oh, he's got the plague. Mm hmm. I do. You do. It's bubonic. So, how did he get it from daycare? That's the thought, I guess. But did anyone else get it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think that maybe Dave's uh, girlfriend's daughter Do they go might have had it. No, I. but she came to visit. They came to visit. I think she might have been a carrier. Fun. Yeah. Fun times. Oh, well, what are you going to do, man? Ah, that happens with kids. Just like it happened with my dog, Just it happened, it happened with, with kids. me. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. The doctors were like, yeah, you guys shouldn't have to worry about it too much. Just make sure you wash your hands a lot. And we did. And make sure you do this a lot. But by the time that the symptoms are showing on the kid, the most contagious stage is over. It's a yeah. sneaky little virus. Yeah, I, that's what I was kind of leading into. Like, diseases and things in general are weird, man. It's funny when you think about how advanced a little tiny single-cell organism can be. And actually, in the case of a virus, are they even an organism? I don't know. But it's like it changes how your body acts to help it spread. Like, you'll start sneezing to try like, spread colds and diseases. Uh, you'll start leaking. Uh, yeah, I'm leaking out of all my lesions from my plague. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of creepy how that all works when you think about it. And for this particular virus... Once the lesions and everything are gone, it's only contagious one way. Through the poop. So, apparently, you can be contagious for three, or it's anywhere between three and eight weeks through your poop. Fun. So, don't, so if you really want to get back at someone, you can be like a monkey. Just... <laughs> crap in your hand and fling it and be like now you got hand foot mouth boom got and waddle away with your pants around your legs yeah i could do i could do that i could see myself doing that there's actually a uh, a game that centers around spawning a virus and having it contaminate the world why do i feel like that sounds familiar i think it's called contagion i think i've played contagion yeah and i think it's kind of it's weird that that's a game that people are like, yeah, this is going to be exciting. Let's uh, let's infect everyone with germs. I don't know if you know this or not, but people are weird. Yeah. Just in general, people are weird critters. Yeah. I would say so. So, yeah. Happy Halloween to me. My skin's falling off. Yep. Happy he's Halloween really, to you. You could argue that he's in the spirit more than anyone else. Happy Halloween to Corey, too. I spit in the gentleman. Oh, God. Why are you <laughs> checking your phone? I'm not checking my phone. Yeah, except you had your phone out. I was getting rid of a text message because, as you know, as we explained in a previous episode, it will buzz every 10 minutes during this whole episode if I don't swipe away that text message. Someone who hasn't texted me in like a month and a half just texted me out of nowhere. In the middle of, of recording this podcast. I always love those new phone who dis messages. You know what I gotta do? I know what I gotta do. I'm gonna be a responsible recording adult. I'm gonna put it on mute. And 
And no way. I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it just out of my reach. Below the microphone. Directly below the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, this is going very well. Yes, it is. It this is. is going very well. Um, Maybe we're a little bit out of practice. That's it's okay. your fault. No, For it's being... not my fault. I'm the one that said, hey, like, no, I don't think I can do that day. No, I can't do that day. Yeah, that's because I have... Mate sick, I can't do that. Yeah, and then I got sick immediately following with the same thing. Yeah. Sucks, man. And now you're going to get sick, and then we're going to have to we're gonna have to record like four podcasts in one day. If I get sick, I'm stabbing you in the eye. That's not eye for an eye. That's not... You'd be violating how many... You're right. I'm going to stab you in both. No, eyes. what you need to do is play the long game. And the next time you get some horrible, horrible, contagious thing, you come over and you just spit in my eyeball. <laughs> no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a dump in a bag, freeze the bag, preserving all of the, the chemicals and all that stuff. It'll kill all the bacteria. Sorry. No, it won't. Yeah, well. No, it won't. Why, why do you think you can freeze meat and leave it in the freezer? You know they keep samples of... Um, there's a big, in a cool huge difference between cryogenic stasis and freezing no, stuff that's in not, a freezer. They, they put stuff in a fridge to preserve it. It's not cryogenic stasis. They they put stuff like you're talking about like antibiotics and like no, virus samples and stuff. Of stuff. Yeah, all I need is a little bit of feek. There's also a difference between refrigeration and freezing. Yeah, I'll just put it in the back of my fridge. There you go. Just don't open it. Just People go, what's this fridge? brown stuff slopping around back Just here? a little poop in my fridge. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry about it. Yeah. I've got baking soda right next to it. It definitely neutralizes the odor. Definitely. I have to change it out like every three days, but it works. Speaking of poop, the dog stepped in his own poop and ran everywhere in the apartment. It was a disaster. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, no, not the bed. Please, no. He jumped right up on the bed. Poop bed. Oh my, it was horrible. Your your purple mattress will never be the same, not a sponsor. Luckily, I have uh, the purple mattress mattress protector, which is the shit. The purple mattress mattress protector protector? Yep. That's it. It's a bed condom. Yep. If you're going to get a bed, get the purple bed, not a sponsor. If you're going to get a bed, get a mattress condom. Condom. It's condom. Sounds Nobody good. who's listening can see you shake your head. You have to audibly I am disagree. shaking my head back and forth. Corey shakes his head with disapproval. <laughs> yeah. So uh, We're going to narrate this now. When you do that voice, uh, I've been listening to a morning show lately that's actually good, not, you know. Tob and Bomb, but okay. a good one. What what one is that? The the show. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And what, they what uh, is it? You just it's called the it? show. Oh, on K. Wait, what's the show called? Why am I here, ladies and gentlemen? Corey looks to the camera with disgust. <laughs> Dude, what's my tattoo say? <laughs> That's another thing they're doing. Is that every week they're. Have a ta- wheel of tattoos. I, spin it. I've heard that actually. Yeah. That, I, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. That's a terrible game. Like, I couldn't <laughs> imagine being a show fan. Like any, like, could you imagine having like six Babblehead logos designs and being like, you're gonna get one of these for life, even if there's like a diehard fan? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> I would. Because nope. one of the options is that you can get whatever one you want, but it has to be a tramp stamp. I would be like, no. I'm not. I'm, no. You know what's great? Mm. I can hear a noise in the background. And I know what it is. What is it? There's a kiddie pool sitting directly outside that window. And it's raining out. The roof is dripping on it. You've done a real good job preparing for tonight, you know that? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm pretty awesome. Says he's all worried about audio quality and stuff like that. Well, I I say I'm worried about it, but here's the thing. This is just a generic office. This is not. So, something I've realized is I'm fascinated with inspecting out wood now. Inspecting wood. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I line up a bunch of a bunch of nice gentlemen for you next time for the next podcast. I'm just gonna line them up from here to the road. All kinds of podcast guys. They're gonna come in here and you're gonna inspect their wood. They're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna set up. There's a door right here. The door right behind us. We're gonna set them up like a train. They're coming here. Stand right here, center mass of the camera. You're gonna inspect their wood. Then they'll leave. You know what I. And I'm gonna charge five dollars for admission. <laughs> Anybody's interested, Bevelheads podcast, and you'll be on hand, foot, mouth, so their penis. <laughs> um, anyway, so no, what I'm saying is like Played whenever dish. I look at uh, furniture now, I always like inspect it with a critical eye, and that definitely comes from work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty interesting turn of uh, events, considering I used to not give two shits about it. And it's like, that's not real end grain. That's obviously veneer. Yeah, it's like we've talked about before, where you can't wait around in life trying to find what your passion is, Mm. because your passion doesn't find you, you create passion. So anybody can turn a boring job that they like just a little bit Mm. into something that they're very passionate about. There's dudes who are super, super passionate about purchasing paper clips. Yeah. And they're the best in the world at purchasing paper clips. So I had a conversation with someone. I uh, support someone on Patreon. And one of the Patreon things, reward, is you get to just sit on a call and talk to them. And they actually have a pretty cool podcast. So I was talking to him. So he goes, hell, so uh, what do you do for your work? And I go, I build furniture on the computer. So I'm an engineer. And he goes, wow, that's really interesting. And I'm like, yeah, when you say it out loud, it is kind of a really niche job, isn't it? He goes, yeah. And he's like, what do you think of it? And I go, I love it. And I kind of caught myself for that because it was an honest answer. And I'm like, I really do. I never, if you went back in time and were like, Corey, my son, one day you are going to enjoy creating furniture. I'd be like, and get not, out of here. And not with your hands. <laughs> yeah. Like, get out of here. That's yeah. not going to happen. Nah. Nah, that's not me. Yeah. I'm going to be made. Well, young me's going to be like, I'm going to make video games. That's what we both were. We both went to college like, we're going to make video games. And then I saw the programming and I'm like, I don't want to make video games. <laughs> I, I want to make video games, but I also want to see the sun yeah. in the next 60 years. Yeah, that whole industry is pretty uh, sketchy, though. Like... Now, well, when we but when we were coming up, it was like the place to be. Yeah, like, that would have been the what, time to get into it. Remember sure. when EA was like, you saw places where people worked at EA, and there was like 
beanbag lounges and they you play well, Xbox on your break. Yeah, so like I think it wasn't quite the boom there. Now it's just oversaturated. Um, but you, it's like you look left and right every day. Another company is either closing down or they're getting sued for like work practice issues. Yeah. And it's because, and this is what happens, every kid at one point that loves video games goes, I want to make video games. That's a job I can do. Great. Video game. The bar of entry for video games now is like art jobs. Uh, Back in the day, artists would start working at a place. They could be the janitor. Like one guy I think was literally the janitor. And every so often they'd be like, hey, we need a storyboard or this or that. Will you do it? And he would do it. And he slowly learned from people at the small shop. And then he ended up becoming like a famous Disney animator. That shit don't happen no more. Kind of like, uh, what's his name? <clears throat> that Blizzard. The guy yeah. who was like the main storyboard guy. Yeah. Who, who recently retired. Chris Metzen. Yep. He started as like a peon guy. Yeah. And then he ended up being the guy. Like he created Warcraft basically. Yeah. And the, 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 the likelihood of that happening now... Some to none. Just some to none. Pretty small. Because they're not going to take that chance with you. Like, let's put it this way. Blizzard, you're sitting down in an interview. Even if you even get to sit down. But let's say for some miracle you get through. I pull up your thing, okay. It says you don't have any experience in the gaming industry. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I have lots of experience. It, It... it says you you went to college for psychology? Uh, yeah. Okay. And but, other stuff. They taught me math. But are you really passionate about video games? Yes. Uh, do you know a lot about video games? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. We've got somebody that on paper has gotten all these grades and done these things that should mean that they know what they're doing. So my 3.1 in psych isn't enough to be a video... Oh. So meanwhile, you might actually be an amazing person for video games and just not have the degree. <clears throat> you mean like how both of us, both of us, <laughs> yeah. are furniture design engineers currently. Yeah. And how neither of us have an engineering degree. Exactly. And I think... At first, that was intimidating. Then I ran into people with engineering degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I've met several people with engineering degrees. Lots of them, actually. Yep. And it's scary. Yeah. I go, you, you I think mechanical maybe attracts some of the... Maybe. I I wish I could go back and ha- afford to take more and like yep. have the time to do it. Um, because I think a lot of it maybe would be really interesting to learn, like tolerances and you know that kind of stuff you know to um, to learn tolerances not tolerances what's the thing i'm thinking of um a bunch of calculations you can do and like practices and ideally you should be able to go to a college and learn a lot of really are you talking about more like simulation type calculations yeah yeah, you're talking about like um torque applied yeah type of stuff that kind of stuff i think is really cool where like you take and it's like like you could sit down and figure out based on where the legs are on this table. Yeah, where it's going to break. How much flex you could put it in the middle of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff is cool. Because right now it's like, I get the idea, but it's like, not, if I put uh, 
50 newtons per foot uh, weight on that that's going to snap. <clears throat> I'm going to pretend like you just made a coherent statement. 50 about... newtons per foot. That's a force of 50 newtons per foot. Yeah, I know, but that's not a thing people do. Yeah, people do not make newtons per foot. Yeah, I guarantee you. No, it'd be you pound it feet no. or newton meters. Yeah, that's it. Newton meters. <laughs> newton feet is not a thing. Yeah, Maybe it is, though. <laughs> now it is. That's going to be, I mean, you could do it. But man, that's going to overcomplicate things. It's been a while. And see, I could use a refresher. But like, it's kind of like, now what I do is like, just general common sense, which is more than 90% of designers have. Mm. Dude, people are like, you can't bend that piece of plywood around in a perfect circle. Why not? And that can't support. You guys can't pounds? bend plywood into a perfect circle. <laughs> what kind of cheap equipment are you working with over there? With your hands, dumb down. Oh, we don't use hands. Yeah, we're at a whole different level as far as facilities go. You mean like the other direction, right? Hmm. I think <laughs> there's where we used to work, where I work now, and then where you work. I mean, I don't know what your place looks like, so I can't really, I can't really speak to it. But uh, we've got some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you got a lot of cool tools and toys and stuff. I am a little envious of that, but I love the like small community of where I work. Like I, on the daily, talk to the owner of the business and like solve problems with him and stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's really cool. Um, so it's worth it for me, you know, and he's always looking to improve. It's just, yeah, that is a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, so I'm like a cog in a machine. Yeah, you are. That's okay. You're uh, wasting away behind a desk. Yeah. Well, it's good right now because if I had to walk around for my job, I'd be a hurt man. Yeah. So you had one of your first things go through the the shop already. I've had several at this point. I've probably had... 10 pieces. See, that's the other thing with ours is uh, because it's mostly contract stuff. This was all contract. That I wor- I've worked on with really special. Like, we ha- the specials are generally like you send it out and four months later you get it. So, like, I finally, something I drew has, like, been approved and gone through everything. Yeah. And it's a massive desk and I'm so happy with how it turned <laughs> out. It's a curved desk that's just gigantic. It's awesome. Feeling pretty special over there. I am because that's, that's nothing. Good. We wouldn't. It's a great feeling. We wouldn't have done that at uh, the last place. Curved front on this giant desk. We can't do that. Actually, what we do this would really blow your mind. Is we actually do um, solid wood bendings. Yeah, that's really cool. Which is, and they're not. We don't do steam bending though. Mm-hmm. It's all done by taking big solid pieces of wood like say eight quarter and then slicing it up into very thin slices now yeah. and then re-gluing them and aligning the grain in a way and then putting them in a jig yeah that, that bends it to the shape we need so <clears throat> by the time we're all done and everything's all glued up it still looks like a one piece because all the grain still lines up it's yeah. pretty amazing that's something we've been thinking about doing where we it's are. actually not that hard to do no you just i mean to do it right you need to have a good slicer well the other thing is i think 
a lot of people on the outside world for what we do miss uh misjudge the craftsmanship that goes into a lot of things like there's ways to get around the craftsmanship through automation and things like that but you lose a lot of what makes tell me when makes uh woodworking unique when and uh i think that's something that i'm happy my company still does is it's we do a lot of you know more what's the word we do a lot more commercial like not really high grade stuff it's really nice stuff but it's not all solid wood and all that stuff and, right you know we're always we are trying to be competitive so but at the same time we still have a lot of stuff that requires craftsmanship and when it goes into it it's a little bit pricier but you get a better quality thing so one thing that's really cool about what i do is that i can do both so for our contract stuff a lot of what we do is veneer yeah um because just quite frankly if you're going to put your furniture in hotels not many hotels are going to want to spend solid wood price no um but <clears throat> a lot are willing to spend high-end veneer price. Yes. And, um, however, on the residential front, everything, everything is solid. Yeah, see, we do one thing that's residential on our stackable bookcases that are really freaking cool that you can just add on to as you go. It's really cool. And those are solid wood. And you know what blew my mind? Totally blew my mind compared to where we come from. Yeah. Right? You got to think about this. So at our last company... What we sold was high-end furniture, <clears throat> mostly residential, and mostly case good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but there was upholstery as well, which was like 40% of the business. But either way, um, a case there would have, and I can say all this now because they're pff, they're gone. Yeah. It doesn't even matter anymore. So <clears throat> the, the, the cost of, say, like a... Just as an example, a chest of five drawers, like a dresser. Um, cost to the company would probably be about $1,000 unfinished, which would be about $2,000 finished. And that's that's not the real cost. But it's it's the theoretical cost yeah. <laughs> um, with overheads and stuff. And, uh, you know, that would retail. And this is pretty typical for most furniture companies. It'd be a 3X markup for retail price. And obviously nobody pays retail price. It's like a car. No. So, you know, that that would then retail for $6,000, right? Which is a lot of money. We just sold, or let me put it this way. We would probably sell the best-selling piece. I know the best-selling piece that we had at our last place of employment, which we eventually are going to start saying the name, Yeah, um, was a chair, a upholstered chair, which is one of the cheaper lines, and we sold 85 of them the year before we closed. And that was our absolute bestseller. Our next bestseller after that was only like 40-something. Yeah. <clears throat> so we just did a collector's piece, which my company does every year. Yeah. It's very cool. It's a mission-style um, console table with like a sideboard with like these hand-done um, one-off tiles, one in each side. And they literally are like actual like handmade tiles from I think Japan or something. Mm-hmm hand-painted and etched. Like, they're fancy. Not America-made, though? Not, not America. Well, these are... 
it it's fine if you import Wagyu beef, okay? No. Nope. It's same deal. So <clears throat> Don't touch your face, Corey. Don't touch your face. <laughs> we <laughs> just mush it in your mouth. So we inlaid those tiles into this into the sideboard. It looks really cool, right? But it's the 2018 uh, collector's piece, and if my memory serves, I got an email saying that we had sold 150 of those units, just that one, and we introduced it this year, and it's a limited run. Yeah, and I... that that blows that blew my mind. Totally blew my mind because I'd never experienced volume like that at a high end place. Yeah, I, that was a long story for that. Yeah, it was. But I think the other thing is, it's like I listened to Fine Woodworking's podcast. I Good never, man. I never thought I would do that until like I got interested. Have you ever heard of the spring joint? I believe so. I believe so. It's not at all. It's so when you're talking about joinery and woodworking <laughs> it's how two faces meet yes so a butt joint well, is literally just butting things together faces. while two things meet so a butt joint doesn't actually support itself at all it's just two things butting up against each other I which we used a lot of those at Harden. yeah but no one would ever know because like this tabletop is technically a series of butt joints so Here's the thing. Well, that's how most panels are glued up. Not where I'm at. Okay, well, we'll get to that. So (laughs) the spring joint is when you're gluing up large panels like this, you actually take like a 64th and make a slight curve. So in the center, it's a 64th shallower than the outside. And when you glue them up, without much pressure, you can hold it up and see light through it. And then you really clamp it down and it squeezes it together and how it adjusts the grain and how it glues up. It stops expansion contraction because they want to go back to this position, not that way and all the other ways. It's really a cool idea where it's like you're forcing it into a position and gluing it together. It's pretty neat. Wood is pretty awesome, folks. It, it It's still alive after it's been chopped up. <clears throat> yeah, wood is an interesting material to work with because it, it um, unlike metal, which expands and contracts in a uniform way, wood is a living material and it doesn't do that. Yeah. So depending on moisture quantity and um, the temperature outside, ambient temperature, all of that affects how wood behaves. Yep. So when you design furniture, you actually have to keep in mind how wood shifts and changes. So you wouldn't know it by looking at something because we work really hard to make sure that you'd never notice that it's there. But, <clears throat> for example, um, say I was going to make this top, but instead of it being glued up pieces the way it is, this is, I know mean, most people probably don't know this, but this is like 10 six inch wide four to six inch wide random width uh planks all glued up lengthwise and then trimmed to size if i were to make this out of a frame say i made this an octagon table just to make things easy eight pieces eight rails going around all connected at the joints and then one big panel of this type of this this wood glued up panel type inside that if you don't if you don't allow for proper expansion contraction gaps it's going to blow up yeah, and you wouldn't think it would. It Where literally would it? will dis- it'll destroy itself. Yeah, and I think the most 
the crazy thing is that if you took a picture of like solid wood furniture every day for a year through the seasons, especially up here, from the same location, it's a lot of work, but you would see that thing move in the picture. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And uh, speaking of things that move that you'd never expect to move, did you know that glass is not solid? Wow. Yeah, on the finest and finest of things. No, no, seriously. Glass, as you see it, is not in its in its fully solid state. If you leave a glass pane for like 100 years, which you can do, you can see houses that have had glass in them for like 100 years. If you were to take that pane of glass out of that window and take a caliper and measure the thickness at the top and the thickness at the bottom, it'll be much thicker at the bottom than it is at the top because it's slowly running. That sounds like fake news. It's not fake news, man. It's real deal. Hmm. It's real deal. I don't know if I I learned that a long time ago in a science class. I don't know if I believe you. All right. Well, if I'm wrong, it's fake news. (laughs) Somebody Google that. Jamie, pull that shit up. So how do you guys glue up uh, stuff like this at your place? Mm. We tongue and groove it. Ah. I don't know if that's worth it. I it, think it kind of gets rid of some of the look. Yeah, it does. I mean, you don't it changes the look. With proper matching and everything, you don't even notice it. True. Especially if you're working with something like oak. True. Which 90% of what we do is oak. Yeah, oak and maple is what we do a lot of. And birch. Everybody wants birch. I'm like, I'm like... Birch? Have they ever seen walnut? I mean, come on. No, we do some walnut. We do like walnut. all the species. I'm, yes, you you should see the wall that we have because we. I'm sure you do more species. Oh, it sure. blew my mind. I mean, do they have epay? No, no. But dude, nobody has epay. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Nobody has epay. No, we have everything. I mean, everything from freaking oak, cherry, uh, the, the standards: oak, cherry, maple, down to birch and. Um, some of the other stuff we had like some weird like somali woods and like we so had I'll mahogany we i don't think you can do mahogany anymore though in the states really yeah there's some kind of law or something against it because it's an endangered thing or something like that we had to get rid of it we had a whole bunch of it apparently a couple years ago we had to get rid of a bunch of it so to be honest i'm still not like i can't look at something and be like that's this that's that species you haven't gotten there yet no young padawan you will arrive I, i'm getting there like it's obvious <clears throat> like oak's grain is pretty like yeah but can you obvious. tell the difference between uh white oak and red oak that's the color of the wood hey but sometimes it's tough sometimes yeah so that's the thing is like that's the other crazy thing is people might not know what color matching is is that like you'll cut one tree down split it open and it's not like oh no i've Dude. mixed up the wood from these two trees they look you could probably separate those trees out by color so here's the other thing that's pretty crazy about the stuff that i've had to deal with that's new to me yeah. <clears throat> is um at our old place of employment we pretty much did everything flat sawn yeah oh well, yeah. well here we do all of them so depending on what we're doing we do quarter sawn yeah. We do flat sawn, and actually, all of our standard product is quarter sawn oak. So quarter sawn, we do quarter sawn, flat sawn, and on occasion we do rift. See, I don't have to deal with that stuff. So R- go rift is so for me, wasteful for me and for them. Go over the differences in the 
Okay, so it's very hard to describe uh, over voice, but I'll yeah. do my best. Yeah. So it all depends on how you slice up the log. Yeah. So for flat sawn, you basically take a log and you slice it horizontally all the way through. That gives you what we would call flat sawn. Yeah. And then you trim, you know, obviously trim the bark off the edges and whatnot. Um, quarter sawn, the best way I could sort of help you imagine this is to cut the tree into quarters and then you take slices out of it from that point so that creates a 45 degree turn in the grain direction from flat sawn and then rift sawn is cut perpendicular to the bark so straight in like this like slices of a pizza Holy crap. But then straight. So it's immensely wasteful, riffs on it. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas flat sawn and quarter sawn, you still use all of the lumber, essentially. Yeah. Riffs on, you waste So like you 50%. cut it in a quarter. So imagine you're looking down at a pizza, quarter sawn. There's four pieces of pizza out of this one pie. Yeah. Then how do you cut it again? Uh, you go in straight, right? Yeah, it's straight. But it's yeah. at a, it becomes a 45 degree angle to as if you had done it flat sawn. Yeah. Because then how they feed it through... You're taking it, and then it's going... Right. Okay. That's what I thought. So, uh, I have to consider all this stuff. So, it goes... We don't have a a lumber mill. We do purchase it. But all this stuff is stuff you have to know. And they all have different qualities. So, like, at our old place of employment, for example, um, and including this table here, I have flat... This is flat sawn black walnut with the underneath supports, which most people don't even know exist on a table are <clears throat> flat sawn maple in the case yeah. of this table um now flat sawn maple <clears throat> in order to create a structural support has to be used with the edge grain facing upwards into the table because wood doesn't have a lot of strength on its face like when you stand on a deck board it'll bend but the reason why you have your support braces going the opposite direction is because that's where the strength is <clears throat> so it's the same idea now however if you use quarter sawn, the edge grain is on the face. Didn't so you can use stretchers that are shallower and wider, and they have the same structural capabilities as these, which stick down farther. You learn new things every day, folks. Yeah, and that's the thing. And now, that's... welcome back to the Babbleheads yeah. podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Boring Engineering podcast. Yeah, but I think that's pretty interesting. The idea that somebody at some point was like. If we cut this this way, it'll be stronger for this, look like this, it'd be this. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> the most interesting to me is Rift. Because yeah. Rift, Rift is like this big F you to the... That, that's back in the cowboy days. That's where like, they're just chopping we're down We're going to take this like tree that you know cows. we paid several thousand dollars for because that's what a black walnut tree costs. And we're going to chop it up and we're going to take probably about 60% of it we're going to turn it into scrap. Like, instantly. And then yeah. we're going to turn it into furniture and turn about another 35 to 40% of it into scrap. Dude, the waste. It's cool. you guys we're pretty good. We have you, the boiler you, and all that you, stuff. You, yeah. okay. So I think they're pretty good at what I would consider recycling. But um, Remember when our hogger exploded? Yeah. That was, that was so <laughs> that was an interesting thing. So we were just sitting. Were you in the office at that point in time? No. You were somewhere else, right? Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, we were, uh, my old boss and I were sitting in our office, and we were about, 
probably a good 300 yards from the location of this hogger machine, which if you don't know what a hogger is, which probably nobody does, um, it's a giant machine that you put whole chunks of wood into, like just, I mean, you could throw a chair in there, and it will just mince it into pulp. Not that they ever did that where we used to work. Yeah, not that they ever did that all the time. Um, It would just chunk it up into chips, basically. It's a giant industrial wood chipper, but it's called a hogger. And it's run by this ginormous drive shaft. It's probably 12 inches wide. And it just spins and spins and spins. An unbelievable amount of torque goes through it to crunch up that much wood. It's pretty amazing and pretty mechanical. And at our old company, they were not big fans of what one would call preventative maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so the, if it was broke, they would fix it. But they believed in the adage, if it ain't broke, don't bother. <laughs> and so the hogger didn't get maintained the way it should. And then one day we were sitting in our office and we heard, we didn't hear actually, it was, it was more of a feel. We, we sort of heard and felt this giant kaboom that literally, I mean, mind you, we were 300 feet away and on the second story. So we were a long, 300 yards. We were a long way away. We were across a road and over a parking lot and in a different building. Yep. And it shook us. We were like, and we both looked at each other like, holy shit, did you feel that or am I nuts? And what we found out was that that giant 12-inch solid metal drive shaft had turned bright red hot because it had been, it just... There was so much friction because it couldn't turn properly, and it had just exploded in extreme violence. And these machines are known for extreme violence, so they were behind six-inch-thick concrete to keep it from hurting anyone, and pieces of the machine went through that six-inch concrete. Yep. That is terrifying. Yeah. So at my new place of employment, it's 20 feet underground. I don't blame them. Um, I think... Uh, it's when you look at wood specifically, if you were to try, like, all right, you're going to cut down a tree with your hands. You're like, oh my God, that's horrible. Like just your hands? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like karate chop. Like try and pull it apart with your hands. You're like, it's next to impossible. You could do it eventually probably like in a hundred years. But then you take a sharp tool and it feels like butter. And that's when you realize we are really, really fragile. Like, we are really, we are not built well at all. No. Like, we, one slip up and you're gone. And that, I thought about that the other day when I'm watching this machine, like, shred something that's like, you couldn't even bend it with your hand and this thing just goes snap and it, it's gone. I'm like, we build some scary stuff. Yeah. People when you work are... in the industrial world, you see some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so another question uh, about our previous employment. Um, are you going to be bidding on anything in the auction? I want to so bad. When you showed me the picture of, that you had taken of like the 360 view of our office when we were in it, that made me sad. Yeah, you could, well that a whole office could be yours for fifty bucks. Is that has it gone up at no. all? No, nope. Nobody's bid on it. No one's bid on any of the offices. Well, it's still early. Dude, it ends this week. What? It's November 1st. It ends this week. I'm already signed up. I paid my dollar fee. I'm in. I'm sure it's going to be like a mad dash at the end. Maybe, but maybe not. There's been some bidding, but I don't think that that many people know about it. Hmm. 
I might be buying me a pickup truck. You do not need a truck. Current bid on it, well, it would be for, it wouldn't even be, end up being mine. <clears throat> I'd be buying it, fixing it up, clean it up, send it down the road for a couple thousand dollar profit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. Because you don't need another insurance car on your insurance. <laughs> Why? truck. Bryson, we all know that you can't do that. Um, so the last thing I think is pretty crazy, uh, veneer, have you had to deal with all the different kinds of veneer and different kinds of cuts of veneer? That was how much do you guys mess around with, uh, cross bands and all that stuff? Yeah. All the time? Well, not too much. Yeah. Cause I actually, when we do veneer, I have to spec all that. So if I'm, cause we do it in house. Yeah. So if I want plywood cross bands anywhere on it i have to specify where they are what they do how thick they are i have to tell them what core to use how thick of a core how thick of what a kind gear. of cores do you use mdf and ply yeah we use mdf and ply and we actually use some solid wood well we we only do that when we're going to an edge yeah so if we have like <clears throat> a, a mdf top that we want to have a nice edge band on we'll run a solid edge on it and then yeah veneer over the whole thing yeah well we do on a lot of our stuff solid wood edge banding that's like seven eighths stick on any open surface because you got to realize like a lot of this stuff is it's library furniture we're talking when we do veneer it's for hotels yeah so like it's gonna get beat up yeah and it's actually kind of funny because the veneer i think is stronger well, not the veneer, the laminate is definitely laminate's more very strong. And it's like you gotta realize, like, do you want this thing for a long, long time where kids are gonna be like with that because you don't get solid? Yeah, like this beautiful solid walnut table. If my son decided to come out here with a crayon, he would cry. It's wrong. You'd see a you'd, you'd see a grown man cry at that point. I'm gonna be out here with some sandpaper and some steel wool and some more finish. Yeah. Um... Yeah, for sure. Which is sad because it's a folding table. It's it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's the most expensive folding table in the world. In the world. In the world. <laughs> um, you got Netflix, right? Of course I do. You watch any of the new stuff that's been like coming? They've been like Boy, killing that it. That has got to be the vaguest term I've no, ever so heard. No, so I mean like. The, the point of the question is they've been killing it with releases. Like, I remember back in the day where I had watched literally all of Netflix. I checked. I have been a Netflix customer since a ridiculous amount of time. I want to say, like, 2007. Dude, yeah, same. They I was were DVD back, only back yeah, when I started. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I used to have the big queue that you could move stuff yeah. around in the queue. They and... still do that, but no one does no. it. No. But, um... But they I do actually, still offer it. I was happy because for a good, probably three, four years, I was Netflix sober. There's such a thing? Yeah, I didn't have Netflix for that long. Why? What's the Because I had literally watched all of Netflix. That was before they had like... You know what I know a lot of people do? Is they watch all of Netflix, cancel it, get yeah. Hulu. Watch all of Hulu and then do it yeah. again. Well, that's the thing is like now they've changed that they're constantly updating, and that's what the question was like. Yeah, between between YouTube, Netflix, and Hulu and Amazon Prime Video, like, why is cable still a thing? Yeah, 
I mean, that's I, I have a feeling they're raising the prices, raising the prices because they want to get as much money out of people who still watch cable before it all goes under. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think cell phones, like cell phones on Verizon, AT&T, any of that stuff, that's going to be gone well uh, within our lifetime. I could see AT&T no longer being, like Verizon 2, no longer being a provider and to consumers and evolving into a provider for businesses because they have the, no 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 because they you hear me out because <clears throat> they own all the cell phone towers they're the ones who own the infrastructure I'm saying, I'm saying cell phone towers are going to be useless Wi-Fi is not going to blanket us the way that you think it is I think it is or something new man maybe it's something be new something. but cell phones are hard to replace because they're so good the speed that we're able to achieve and the range that we're able to achieve with them is very good. What I think is going to happen is the current technology obviously is going to keep evolving because it always has. So right now we have 4G LTE as mainstream, but what's next? It's going to be something faster, but it'll probably still be the similar technology. But the difference is, the difference is, I think companies like AT&T and Verizon as c- consumer companies are going to go bye-bye, and they're going to be the ones leasing the new technology to companies like cricket and those smaller wireless providers that want to be the customer service end of things and you're going to see everything go down in price dramatically i don't think so i think you're going to see it all go bye-bye i think pretty soon wi-fi is going to be so advanced and everywhere wi-fi or something like it i, I was going to say because wi-fi as it is like a, a, a 5 gigahertz or a 2.4 gigahertz wireless, wireless signal has a very finite range like a very finite range yeah so they would have to put Essentially, a Wi-Fi range extender on every single lamppost in the country. How how long? You don't know. Something's gonna. I have. A, I just feel like something's it's not gonna viable. come up. That's not viable. Something else might be. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying that Elon Musk the current wants technology to blanket is not. the world in Wi-Fi. Elon Musk wants to do a lot of things that aren't that smart. He makes them sound really smart, but they're not. So that smart. I also wonder about the the side effects of Wi-Fi. Have you ever gone down that rabbit I've hole? I've been there. Been down that I rabbit hole. I can't imagine that all the things that we're putting, like radio waves and stuff, because they passed, like, right at this moment. Wi-Fi signal, radio waves, all that stuff all is just going right through Cell your phone. body. Think of all the electromagnetism yeah. in this room alone. Yeah, that's all going through your body right now. You can't tell me that's a good thing. Constant inspo- exposure <clears throat> to that. Since you were born, okay. Well, until here, you die. riddle me this, Riddler. You know what you're exposed to that's way worse than that, a hundred percent of the time, all the time. Gamma rays. We're still okay. Everyone has to die somehow. I have a feeling that the radiation that we're creating by these types of technologies is way less bad for us than if we thinned our ozone by another couple of. Feet. And then they put fluoride in the water, and it turns the frogs gay. Turning the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That took a turn. Yeah, we we just went down a big old rabbit hole. Yeah, but so Halloween. This is technically yeah. Halloween episode. Yeah, happy too. Halloween episode. We talked about being kind to your wood again. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think we kind of discussed that dreams are kind of bullshit. And yeah. Uh, you know, you think you, gotta you know make what you your want. own dreams. You think you know what you want, but I tell you right now, if you don't get out there and do shit, you're never you'll gonna never be shit. Know. You'll never know what you want to do because there's a lot of people. Look at almost every successful artist that's gone to Blizzard. Most of them, within like two to three years, leave. Gonzo, because they realize 
I don't like working for a company making art. Or they're like, oh man, all this time I thought I wanted to be an artist, but really? I want to be a ballerino. No. Most of them still are artists and sell their stuff on Yeah, they're ballerinos. I wish you could have heard the sound. My headset just made my noise. It sounded like I ripped a fart as I backed away <laughs> questioningly from you. But, Is it uh, because of the term ballerino? Yes. It's a thing. I know. But we I, know a professional ballerina. We do. Uh, no He's married. No judgment. To a woman. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing that happened. I mean, that's a stereotype broken right there. No, there's lots of stereotypes broken. This podcast has been all about shitting on people's dreams and talking about stereotypes when it's supposed to be a Halloween episode. Yeah, well, don't go as blackface to Halloween. Next time you see me, I'll probably be a full-fledged zombie. Yeah, my flesh is gonna start falling off. It'll just be a pile of flesh. Yeah, when you get a sec, everybody, go ahead and Google uh, cocksucky. I mean, cocksucky syndrome, cocksucky disease in adults. I'll wait. Are you back? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bryson's future, and possibly mine, because I'm a retard. <laughs> Can you say that word? Mm-mm. I feel like we're we're gonna have to bleep that one out. Nope, that's going in. Yeah, that's going in. You just got hated by everybody. Yep, all of our six listeners. <sighs> yeah, I knew knew by your face. You're like that just got said. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, I gotta hit the explicit button again. Yeah, like you did in the last episode. That never happened. Well, I, I think we kind of got you know back on the track and. You know, I, I, I hope people think it's interesting to talk about it because, you know, wood, all these things, you'll, you learn different things every day and you never know when you'll use them. It's true. And you might be like, ah, I don't really need to know about that, but you never know when it's going to come in handy. It's true. So I think with that, see ya. Okay.